0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, all right. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Talking Ball with Pat Leonard. Take this press pass off here. Welcome in. Welcome in. Sorry about your Sunday night. We're going to get started here in a second. I'm going to let a couple more people join in. Sitting i at like stadium just came out of the Giants locker room. So I'm going to answer all your questions. All right. All right everybody, welcome to another episode of Talking Ball with Pat Leonard. Just came out of the Giants locker room, 40 to nothing. Lost to the Dallas Cowboys. Brutal. Brutal way to start the season. Couldn't have gone worse, and that is not an exaggeration. If you're here, you probably watched it along with me. Maybe you left the stadium early, maybe you turned your TV off early, uh, but we have to dive into this one. Just got out of the locker room and talking to Brian Dable, so ready to answer your questions. First, I want to tell you about Bet Online. Football is back. Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to the minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and the Super Bowl, Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo promo code. Believe BLEAV to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts, where we start. We got Doug right here saying, Hey Pat, what time to be a giants fan. Doug, I know. uh, So sorry that this is the way your season started. Um, You know, you don't want hope to be out the window Early on in the year, right? We've been a part, you and I, of too many giant seasons where by the time we get to Thanksgiving, um, you know, we're talking about next season. We're talking about the NFL draft. We're talking about a top five, top 10 pick. And this is only one game. But the way this game was lost has to have you thinking about where is this team headed? What is the direction of this franchise? I think it reinforces that, The Giants overachieved significantly in year one. And I think what it tells you is that um, this Giants team is, there is no guarantee that they will get back to what they were a year ago. There is no guarantee that they will be able to be as resilient, um, as successful as they were in 2022. And frankly, I'm concerned about Brian Dable. I'm concerned about the fact that that Joe Shane and Brian Dable operated their offseason in a certain way to get them ready for this game. I mean, the team was – everything was geared towards making the, sure the Giants were ready to play the Dallas Cowboys on September 10th. And this is the product we see. This is the end result. Um, you know, Andrew Thomas coming out of the locker room saying that, He has a hamstring and that he's going to get more images tomorrow and see the severity of it. That's not something you want to hear. Um, But let's start with Doug's first question. How did you feel about Dable's answers in the presser? I'm not sure what else he could say besides everything went wrong. Yeah, I agree, except I I still don't understand leaving Daniel Jones in as long as he did in the game. Um, I think that this concerns me from the standpoint of you go back to the Eagles playoff game. And that decision to go for it early on fourth down, down 7 nothing, um, near midfield, not getting it. The Eagles go right back down, make it 14 nothing, and it's off to the races and blow out City. And, you know, I thought that was a panic move in the playoff game. And today I thought it was just kind of the idea that Daniel Jones staying in this game and taking, you know, 10 more hits <clears throat> to try to get one more touchdown or to get, to get a point on the board in the game to have a good feeling, I think it's short-sighted. I think it's a reaction to getting your butt whooped, and I don't think it was smart. And I think Brian Dable knows that in his heart of hearts. But, you know, he's a competitor and they want to win, but you can't be putting Daniel Jones in a position where every single time he drops back, he's getting blasted. He's getting assaulted out there by the backups of the Cowboys, Against the Giants O-line, like once Thomas comes out and pair comes out and Josh Azudu at left tackle, Daniel Jones has to be out of the game. He has to be out of the game. What are you doing? And Daniel Jones isn't going to tell you he wants to go out. He wants to play. Of course, he wants to play. Players always want to play. So I didn't I, I didn't understand, you know, Dable basically saying like, oh, I was trying to get something positive going there. The game was over. You got your butt kicked. Jared Widman, hey, Jared, says, listen to the post game. Both DJ and Dable said there was discussion about him being taken out. Whether Jones wanted to be taken out or not, wasn't it irresponsible to leave him in in that weather? Yes, absolutely, completely irresponsible, completely irresponsible. This game was over. This game was completely over. And, you know, frankly, it wasn't – it's not about throwing in the towel. It's about you can't protect the guy. You literally couldn't protect him. I mean, sitting here in the stadium, the line of scrimmage was just moved back immediately after the snap, every time the Giants snapped the ball on a passing down. And their play action didn't work either because the Cowboys are so aggressively downhill from a pass rush perspective. Even if the Giants ran the ball well and then they tried some play action or Daniel Jones was pulling the ball and tried misdirection, there was nowhere for him to go. They were on him immediately. And I also wonder this, the giants caught some people off guard with some really good play calling last year and some creativity of how to use Daniel Jones and how to run this offense. And is it possible that with the tape that teams have on them now, that they also are able to anticipate, they have some keys that they can read when they're watching tape and they're prepared for, Oh, okay. If, if they line up this way and Saquon's on this side of Daniel Jones and Jones is, you know handing off to Saquon he also has the option to pull and if he does here's where he likes to go so our safety is going to crash here right this is all of what happens in off seasons and how teams try to catch up to one another or adjust right so I think there's a potential concern there not just that the Cowboys over outplayed the Giants but also a potential concern of what does this mean for how other teams are going to be prepared for the Giants. Giants blue blooded says, do you think the coaching staff expected the protection to be this bad? It didn't seem like play calling was combating the pressure in the least bit. Yeah, that's a good call. I think. I really do think they kind of, even from a play calling perspective, they got in a position uh, where they were calling obvious pass plays and yes, they were trailing and they were down, but there just wasn't a lot cohesive about their game plan. There wasn't a lot of intelligent adjustment to what they were seeing on the field. Um, I thought at the end of the first half, you saw some intelligent play calling from a standpoint of let's simplify it. Let's get Walter the ball. Let's get Paris Campbell the ball. Like let's put the ball in the hands of these guys and get them into the game because they weren't entering the game, right? They were on the field, but they weren't a part of what was happening because Jones was under assault in the backfield. They couldn't protect him. And after that first drive where they ran the ball effectively with both Jones and Barkley, they really just had no semblance of cohesion or a plan or uh, or any execution whatsoever. Uh, Sivan says, hoping that the game plan trusting the right side of the O-line will hold up, but with 16 nothing, they were forced to throw without falling back on the run. Hopefully they change the game plan next week. No, I don't. I'm looking at this and saying Evan Neal and Mark Lewinsky uh, both had bad games and Andrew Thomas said himself, he had a bad game and, you know, Ben Bredesen and John Michael Schmitz did their best. There's some good snaps some bad snaps. Um, But no, I don't think this was just about what the score was. I think this was about you really didn't see many times Daniel Jones was able to drop back to pass and not immediately have a cowboy in his face And I actually started seeing what I used to see with Eli Manning later in his career when the O-line was obviously every year wasn't good enough. You remember how Eli used to start – he basically started to see ghosts. He had people in his lap so often that he would duck for cover quickly. He would hesitate. He'd hold the ball because he didn't want to make the wrong decision and throw it up for grabs. And that's the stuff you don't want to see is when the quarterback knows that the pressure is coming – And then starts acting accordingly. And what it leads to is being hesitant, uh, being uh, tentative and then forcing things like Daniel Jones did with the interception that he threw uh, intended for Waller when he was rolling out to the sideline. If you're just joining us, guys, welcome. Um, We're doing this after every game. Um, So it's going to double as a talking ball podcast on the app if you miss it. Uh, But just talk about the game right when I walk out of the locker room after talking to Brian Dable and the players Uh, please hit the like button. If you like what we're doing here, please subscribe to the YouTube page. Um, you know, I really enjoy doing this. Um, I have a lot of fun interacting with you guys and sharing what I'm seeing and then hearing, um, you know, what you guys want to know more about and trying to bring that to you. So, um, you know, have some quotes that I'm going to pop into my daily news column, but my effectively my column for the morning in the daily news is that Brian Dable didn't have this team prepared. Joe Shane didn't have this team prepared. Uh, They had an entire offseason plan dedicated to how they were going to be ready for this game and for this season and to start closing the gap. And now we've had two straight games, the playoff game in Philly and this game against the Dallas Cowboys, where they don't even belong on the field with them. Right. Their offense and special teams didn't belong on the field with anybody this year uh, or this night here at MetLife Stadium. All right, let's get to more questions. Jared Woodman says, Shane has gotten a lot of credit, most of which is deserved. The O-line looked awful tonight. Some of that has to fall on the GM. It's not the old regime's fault anymore. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, listen, you have Andrew Thomas. That's a previous regime pick. You have Evan Neal is Joe Shane's pick. You have John Michael Schmitz, who, you know, I'm I'm not going to dump on John Michael for tonight, but... Um, you know, that, that is his pick as well. I'm just saying, um, but yeah, he did have the bad snap of course early, which is something you don't want caused initially by they go into shotgun because of Andrew Thomas's false start that backs them up in the red zone. Um, and then of course, even with Glowinski is that's Joe Shane signing last year and the decision to go into this year with their guards being Glowinski and Bredesen with Josh Azuda behind them. And, of course, you can't, you can't do everything. You have to address and prioritize certain positions, and that's true. But um, I think that you look at that, and I, this is some, this is a drum I've been banging all offseason and all summer, is these guards, these offensive lines, is going to be a problem. Uh, I felt like the secondary is going to be a problem because counting on two rookies is a tough thing. And, um, you know, as you saw in this game, even though Dak Prescott didn't even throw a touchdown pass, and if their tight ends could catch, by the way, this would have been this would have been fifty to nothing. I mean, Dallas's uh, Dallas's tight ends couldn't hold on to anything, but this could have been fifty to nothing. But yes, Jared, you're absolutely right. And Shane also is extremely involved in the day to day operations of how the team runs, from snap counts, guys are on talking to the medical staff, how many do guys get rest days and vet days, and how our practice is going, and right? He and Dable are collaborating on all of that. So that's why I say he and Dable, Joe Shane and Brian Dable didn't have the team ready because they both are elbows deep in the way this team prepares. Doug says, do you know anything about Gano's injury? I think the only three plays he could have been in was the field goal block, the field goal miss and the halftime kickoff. Um, I do not know the extent of that. I know he did talk, so I have to go back and check what he said. He did do interviews, um, so I will look for that and grab that. Um, Hopefully while we're talking here, not positive on that. Uh, But I'll try to get that to you, Doug. Giants Blue-Blooded says, How concerning is the lack of pressure from the edge guys? Is it on them, lack of talent, experience, and coverage, or a mix of both? Extremely concerning. I mean, you really didn't. Excuse me. You didn't really hear Kayvon Thibodeau's name or Aziz Ojalari's name much at all um, in this game. You know, Kayvon, I think, factored in a run stop early. Um, Aziz barely heard from him. And uh, listen, you know, Kayvon was pretty fast out of the locker room tonight. Uh, don't like to see that. Um, you know, I think it's interesting tonight. You see Dable put it on himself. Um, and then we go from Dable to the locker room and there were some guys in there, but then there were some guys, you know, bolting pretty quickly. I thought Darren Waller stood up and talked for the team. Saquon did uh, Xavier McKinney, Adoree Jackson, um, Leonard Williams, Andrew Thomas, John Michael Schmitz, Graham Gano. Right. So there were, there were guys in there talking, but there were some guys who weren't as well. And you need to be accountable after something like this. Cause as Sterling Shepherd said to me, he said, I've seen this, I've seen this turn around and I've seen it trickle down and it's on the leaders to get this team back on track. Um, Let's see. Sivan says, agree. looks like we were started off sluggish like the day one joint practice with lines. Absolutely. Uh, Giants blue blooded says that Gano got a cleat to the calf on the block return. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. That'll be something to monitor. Um, I would not worry too much about Graham Gano playing through something like that, to be honest with you. Um, He's tough as nails. Um, So I would not worry about that, but I will continue to monitor that for sure. Uh, Let's see. Mark says, easily the worst game I've seen in person. Disappointing after traveling from Barbados. (laughs) Uh, Sivan, all right, with a super chat. Let's go. So Sivan using the super chat feature on our uh, account. Thank you for doing that. What you can do guys is you can support this podcast and you can have your comments highlighted. It can jump right to the top of the page and it's a way to show that you're engaged and that we are um, we are full on in this discussion. I really appreciate that here on our YouTube page. We are at P- PL on NFL, on YouTube. and of course the Talking and Ball podcast on the Believe network. And I work, of course, at the New York Daily News. You can find all of my content on NYDailyNews.com, on my Twitter account, at nydn. So Sivan's super chat question and comment is, don't panic, don't give up yet. If anything, they will learn their lesson and hopefully adjust accordingly. Yeah, I think, um, listen, this is a good point in this sense. The Tennessee Titans game last year, like, look at how bad this first half against Dallas was. And I was looking to some people to my left and right and saying, hey, remember how bad they were in Tennessee in the first half last year? And didn't look good enough. And it was worrisome. And you were kind of looking at each other thinking, well, wait a second, you know, how bad is this really going to be? Uh, are they going to be a number one pick contending team? And then they turned it on. They fought back. They showed heart. Saquon and Sterling Shepard, Daniel Jones and the defense, they carried their team through. They win that game in Tennessee. They get off to that six and one start and off they go. And so I was looking at this halftime thinking, okay, they could come out of this half and it could look a little bit like that Tennessee game. It could be, hey, wait, we weren't ready to play. Um, You know, we need to reset and let's get back to it. And when I saw the second half, though, that made me worry. And so when you say don't panic, they will learn their lesson and hopefully adjust. I was worried and concerned after seeing them not adjust in this game. Now, obviously, there's a talent discrepancy, but listen, this is a Giants team that traded for a 30 year old tight end, uh, signed Bobby Okereke to a lucrative deal at linebacker. Um, you know, drafted a bunch of players at key positions. And, you know, stacked their defensive line with veteran depth and drafted, you know, starting center in the second round, starting corner in the first round, uh, paid Daniel Jones, paid Dexter Lawrence, paid Andrew Thomas, you know, just extended Graham Gano. paid Dexter Lawrence. I said him already. I actually thought Dexter Lawrence was one of the only players tonight who I saw pretty much from start to finish of his workload. I felt like he was winning his matchup. I would say that. But Sivan, thank you so much for the super chat and everybody. That's a really cool feature we have. You can like, you can subscribe and you can, uh, you know, show some support in super chat for this live chat. And, uh, you know, really exciting, really exciting that you guys are here and that we're doing this. I really love doing this. All right. Tuto says, ciao, Pat. Greetings from Italy. Ciao. Uh, Let's see. Um, Mark says, Tuto, thanks for being here all the way from Italia. That's awesome, man. Giants fan living in Italy. Um, what's that like? What are, are you watching the games on uh, – you're streaming, you're streaming the games, I guess, over there, right? Or you're getting live updates online. How's that working? So Mark says the right side of the O-line is horrible. D is horrible. Wide receiver is not open. Got to flush the game and move on. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, in this, in this sense, hopefully you say, okay, Arizona next week should be easier. But listen, the Giants are back at square one in the sense that – you can't look at their schedule right now and say, oh, the Arizona Cardinals will be an easy win. Why? The Giants were t- terrible in this game. They were a complete mess. They were the worst team in the NFL in week one. The worst team in the NFL in week one. That's what the Giants were here, right? Not to, not to pour it on or anything or rub it, rub it in, but, I mean, the idea that they will be able to flush it and move on, we don't know that yet, right? We don't know that. And it should really concern you, honestly, that the GM and the coach were up there saying, we'll see about the team when you're saying, well, what are your uh, expectations? And you think this team can win and you think, you know, oh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Well, we did see tonight maybe why they're hesitant to promise anything. That has to be concerning. Jared says Kayvon has a ton of talent, had some injuries last year. Uh, That being said, besides for the Washington game, he hasn't done much, a long way to go a long way from the early years of Justin Tucker, OC. Yeah. He also had the Ravens, the play at the end of the Ravens game. Um, But you know, your point, your point holds for sure. Um, You know, I think, I think that Kayvon said it himself in the spring. Kayvon Thibodeau said in the spring that he knew that his rookie year wasn't good enough. And he said that he knew that his production wasn't where it needed to be. And he was accountable to it. And he said he was working hard all offseason to, you know, prove to people why he was drafted where he was drafted. You you just can't, you can't be, uh, you can't disappear for long, long stretches when you're supposed to be a leader and a difference maker. Right. Let's see. Uh, Giants blue blood says uh, you get a tough time from the fan base, but a lot of it is you not being all sunshine and rainbows. However, I think there should have been much more concern from those seeing the team in person. And there was from me. Thank you for saying that. I think you can see, like, I picked them to go 7 and 10, and people are saying, what? You know, stop raining our parade, whatever. I, I told people, listen, the offensive line and the secondary concern me big time, and those are the two most important places on the field to be strong and deep, uh, you know, behind quarterback. So what are we talking about? So I appreciate you saying that, Giants Blue Blood, because that's definitely – I'm not saying critical things because I want to criticize. If I'm saying critical things, it's because that's what I'm seeing and I'm bringing it right to you. I'm not going to sugarcoat it because honestly, I I'm privileged to have the access I do to the team that you guys love. And I would be doing you a disservice if I just, you know, painted sunshines and rainbows when things weren't going well. Right. So, yeah, I I appreciate that. You appreciate and notice that. Tuto says, Pat, I'm a pro rugby player. In Italy, grew up in joy diehard Giants fan and grad from Rutgers, boss. Awesome. Awesome. Great to have you here, man. Great to have you here. This is cool. Reaching somebody across the world. I love it. Uh, Sivan says, Tuto is OG, Big Blue. Pop up on a lot of streams. All right. All right. Yeah. So I'm a little bit newer to the IG live uh, or the, the YouTube live, right? Um, so – Oh, we got another super chat from Jared. Jared, thank you, man. Appreciate that. You guys are great, man. You guys are great. Really appreciate it. And Tuto, well, Tuto's welcoming me then to the giant streaming, I see. Yeah, I've always done a lot of uh, television and a lot of radio hits and multimedia, but of course, trying to bring it straight to you guys now, because frankly, there's no better way, I think, to share the insight that I have, especially then when it's fresh and I'm coming right out of the locker room. Right. Um, So this is a great way, Jared. Thank you, man. Thank you. Really appreciate that. If you're listening on the talking ball podcast to this chat, this is a live chat after the giants Cowboys game, 40 to nothing Dallas, a total beatdown. but this is something we're going to do after every giants game win or loss. Some will be shorter or longer than others, depending on the time I have. If it's a road game, I might have to jet after 15 minutes or whatever it is. Uh, But we're going to do as much of this as we can because we know and I know that what you guys value is immediate and informed information on the team that you love. Um, So if you are listening on the podcast and not participating live, just know that Once a week, we're going to do a live on here during the week and then once after the game. So that'll be two live streams a week. And um, if for some reason I don't end up doing a midweek live stream, we will always have the postgame one, but going to do my best to keep it weekly there. And you can like, subscribe to the YouTube channel at PL on NFL. Same handle on Instagram, NYDN on Twitter. Thanks again, Jared. Sivan, you guys are great. All right. Thanks for taking the time to do this. Keep holding their feet to the fire. Appreciate you, Jared. Uh, Sim- Simon says, watching from New Zealand. Keep it coming, Pat. Insights appreciated. You love it. Jared says, if we lost to Arizona next week, there will be no reasonable takes. <laughs> yeah. that. Well, Jared, that's when everybody who um, painted all the rosy pictures of what the season would look like start to say, oh, yeah, I saw this coming. And these were the things that were really concerning me then. It's like, no, no, no. Plant your flag before the year and stand by it, right? Tuto says, Pat, I'm a defensive rugby player, and my assignment is to destroy the O-line and crush the ball carrier. Sounds like you could be on the Dallas Cowboys, Tuto. Sivan says, what adjustments should they make next week? All right, that's a great question. So we spin it forward here. Um, let's do three adjustments. Number one. The offense, the game plan on offense cannot be uh, dictated by the terms of the game. The offensive game plan has to be set in stone. We are a running team that throws the ball. We are a team with a mobile quarterback and a running back who's dynamic as a ball carrier and some weapons in the pass game. But we can't protect our quarterback well enough to spread the field. So, We will take our shots. We will spread the field when we can. But we are going to rely on what we did last year well, which is manage the game, stick to our strengths, and don't stretch ourselves out into areas where we will be exposed. Number two, clean up all the fundamental messes. So like Darren Waller said it best. He said, when you lose the little things, it ends up turning into the avalanche you saw out there on the field. So that's, you know, listen, I don't know whose fault it was on the on the block punt, but Julian Love was the special teams captain, always in charge of getting everybody set there. This year it's Matt Breda. And it looked like it was Josh Azudu not going inside to block the guy there. But, you know, does having somebody new, a new voice back there? Is that a factor? Um, You know, but number two key for what to adjust next week is hammer all of the little things. No fundamental is too small here. When you play like that and get beat like that, everything's on the table for what you have to work on. Number three is reevaluate the way you practice and prepare. They need to reevaluate how they run this operation after that game. Their last two games, they have lost to the Eagles and the Cowboys 78 to 7. 78 to seven combined score in their last two games playing the Eagles and the Cowboys. What is going on here? What is going on here? This is embarrassing. So that could mean harder practices. That could mean fewer off days. That could mean watching tape differently. That could mean different ways of holding people accountable, right? All in healthy, constructive ways, but you got to drop the iron fist. It doesn't matter if people like you, if your team plays like crap. Giants blue blooded says during the offseason, Parsons stated their game plan is to not let Barkley beat them. Do you think that's the case across the league? Saquon is a player that uh, opposing teams and defenses um, plan for and have to plan for. Yes. And they know that, like Tennessee found out last year. You know, Saquon. Listen, Saquon is not known for getting four yards on four yards on third and three. Saquon's known for you know making that huge play or that big play. You know, getting out for sixty yards. Right. Uh, you can't let him slip through like that. That's where he kills you. And, um, you know, I think. When teams plan to prevent Saquon from making the big play, it puts it on other players. It puts the onus on other players to do it. The problem is when Daniel Jones is dropping back to pass and you can't protect him, you know, what's the next step? And today it was Daniel Jones running for his life. But that's not a plan. That's not a winning plan. Tuto says, Big Boss Pat, if you suit me up for the Giants, there won't be any competition no more. There will be Giants 16 and 1 this coming season. <laughs> hey, like I said, sounds like you're more of a Cowboys uh, you know, pass rusher right now based on watching this game. But hey, maybe they'll give you a tryout. They need someone to make a play. Yeah, Sivan agrees with uh he's skeptical of the price of their practices. Yeah, it's uh it's light. It's light. You know, they schedule practice for two hours, they cut it short, much shorter usually. Um, you know. Frankly, I'm worried about how their bodies are going to hold up. I mean, you have Andrew Thomas's hamstring in this game. Uh, Deontay Banks was cramps. He said he should be all right. But, uh, you know, I'm even skeptical how the guys' bodies are going to hold up playing real football now after really not playing much football at all. Al says, I kind of wonder if they thought their offensive line was better than it was and their entire game plan was predicated on a better O-line and they will have to adjust going forward. Yeah, I mean – They definitely thought they could throw the ball down the field a little bit. What's frustrating is then then they hit like a play to Jalen Hyatt or to Isaiah Hodgins. Hyatt drops the ball on the deep crosser late in the first half, and then Hodgins catches the ball and gets the ball punched out and fumbles, right? It's like everything that could go wrong did go wrong in this game. Sivan says they were hoping that screen would solve the pass rush, but it went south real quick. Giants blue blood says the broadcast stated D law knew the play action rollout was coming. So he sat instead of chasing, maybe you're right. Too many tells from last year's success. Yeah. Yeah, no, they were on it. They were on that play action. The giants, the giants normal way of operating and getting around teams and kind of misdirecting was not working in this game. All right, guys, I got a few more minutes and then I'm going to dip out. To update my stories for the daily news. So if you have any other questions, ask them now. Meantime, I'll give you a quote from Xavier McKinney. McKinney said, "Oh, he was asked about, um, he was asked about whether the Giants feel like it's unfair to say that now they still are very far away from the Cowboys and the Eagles." And he said, "I don't care about none of those teams. We're not chasing them. We're in a battle with ourselves." Um, Darren Waller said that I asked, I actually asked him directly how players feel after this game. And, um, he said that they, they feel it's unacceptable and that there is anger about this result. And he said, it's not anger at each other. It's anger at all the things they need to correct and fix and anger at the result, but it's not pointing fingers. And that's something they can't do. But I will tell you guys this. The defense tonight I saw playing well to a point, and then it was almost like they could tell there was no hope, and then they caved too. And you just don't want to see those things, right? You don't want to see those things. Uh, Tuto says, great show, Pat. Keep up the great live shows. Yep, appreciate you. Yeah, come back, Tuto. If you're a big blue OG, I want you in our corner. We, We want to do this. We want to build it up, and we want people coming here for all their Giants info. Uh, Doug says, will position coaches be interviewed on Tuesday? Let's check the schedule. Position coaches will be Friday. We will talk to position coaches on Friday. Al says, what do you make of post postgame comments? Seemed like there were shades of Joe Judge. Honestly, I said that, Sivan, thank you. Thank you for the uh, extra super chat. Keep the streams coming. You got it. Al, you know, I did say something to somebody in the fourth quarter when jo- when Dayball was leaving Daniel Jones in the game. I thought to myself, this is something that someone would say, oh, Joe Judge would do this, and they would make fun of Joe Judge and say, why is he playing the guys, or, you know, uh, why is he trying to be a hard ass, and he should take the guy out, and, oh, this is classic Joe Judge, right? And I'm thinking, well, no, this is probably Dayball now actually doing this, right? Um, so... Yeah, I, uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Definitely, uh, they were definitely shell-shocked here, including Dable. I mean, listen, this is the coach, coach of the year in the NFL last year, and he is 0-6 against the Cowboys and the Eagles in his career coaching the Giants, um, entering his second year now. He's 0-6, 1-6-1 in the division. AJ says, what's your honest level of concern for Evan Neal being the future right tackle? I'm not going to sit here and say Evan Neal can never be a good NFL player, but I'm not going to tell you that I think he's good enough yet. I mean, he has to show it. It's not there. Um, It's just not there yet. And so until he gives me the reason to believe he is the absolute answer and a very good player there, I'm not going to call him that, right? I do really love Evan's makeup. I love him as a kid. I think he's a great guy. Um, I think he works his butt off. I think he really put in a lot of hard work in the offseason to try to get better. And I think that he was done a disservice last year, you know, that he had to go, he had to go figure out how to set differently and, you know, get some individual coaches to kind of help him out. And, you know, he lost some weight, takes his diet seriously. Uh, he's in really good shape. He, does, he wants to stay healthy compared to last year with the knee. So you know, there's a lot to like about Evan Neal. I don't dislike Evan Neal as as a uh, developing player. But, of course, this team now is built to make some moves. And you need him to protect the quarterback now. And that's not happening right now, right? So, uh, you know, hard for me to say I'm I'm firmly behind that guy as a solution until he shows me, right? Uh, Roger says, thanks, Pat. You got it, Roger. Thank you. Um Let's see, Tuto Peacock streaming app to witness the O-line assass- Assassin in Action. <laughs> oh, you're you will play on Peacock, the pro rugby game? Okay, I'll have to check that out. Giants Blue Blood says, Do you know of any level of concern for AT's hamstring not looking past the cards? But that Niners game is scaring me already. Andrew told me and a few others directly. He said he doesn't know how serious it is yet. He's going to get imaging done tomorrow um, on Monday. So you know, that leaves the door open for potential concern. There's no doubt. And he definitely initially appeared to do something to it when he was chasing down the blocked field goal that was returned for a touchdown. That's when he originally went down. So yeah, I think there is a level of concern there for sure. Um, AJ says dating back to McAdoo giants are now three and 24 in their last 27 games against Dallas and Philly freaking enough. Yep, And, um, Joe Judge wins. Uh, Joe Judge is the only one. I think he beat. He has all three of those wins. I'm pretty sure, right? I think he beat the Eagles twice and he beat the Cowboys once. So I'm pretty sure those three wins are Judge, and the rest are the the rest are um, Pat Shermer and Brian Dable, right? Doug says, "Tell your NYG source to get back to picking correct scores." <laughs> I know. I know. Seeing if I could catch a lightning in a bottle twice. AJ or Al says, I just don't get the Giants come out and do that. I thought Dable and Shane were different. That allows me to end on a good note here. Read my column on the Daily News website, uh, because frankly, I think that, uh, that it's fair to ask the question after a game like this. like, Is this regime different or are we going to see the same old Giants here again? What's going on? Like, what is this game? This is as bad as it can be. It can't get any worse than this. So what are we doing here, right? That's what I wrote about. Shmuley says, are you concerned about Daniel Jones? Um, right, listen, he didn't have any time to throw. I mean, if he had time to throw and if they get in the end zone on that first drive, um, you know, maybe things are a different story. But he was seeing ghosts tonight. I'll Tell you that. Giants blue blood honeymoon phase is over. That's right. Al says, thanks, Pat. This was great. Really appreciate it. You got it. Remember guys, we are sponsored here by bet online also by Estate 98. It's an essencia day cafe from El Salvador. Um, you make it in three seconds. I drink it all the time when I'm doing talking ball, you put ice and a a tablespoon of it in a glass and stir it. It's awesome. Highly recommend go to, I think it's at estate 98 coffee on Instagram and order yours today. Um, all right, we're getting out of this with Jim says over under at seven and a half. What was everybody thinking? <laughs> I I said seven and 10. I'm pretty sure I came in lower than everybody else. And listen, I hope it doesn't end like that uh, because I want this team to succeed so that I can cover a team that's in the playoffs, which was fun last year, but obviously an inauspicious start. Simon says, think Giants need some of your coffee. I agree. Uh, what do we got here? Yeah. No doubt. You guys are the best. Hey, thanks for the super chats. Thanks for supporting the podcast guys, Jared, Sivan. Thanks for supporting us. Thanks for being here. Thanks for asking all the questions, great questions tonight. And like I said, follow me on Instagram and Twitter and on the daily news website for much more coming out of the locker room and from this game as disappointing as it was. Take care.